Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Buy Laces podcast. My name is Bilal Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. How are you, Trenton? I'm absolutely fantastic as usual. How are you, Bilal? I am also doing pretty well, Trenton. It's great to see that you're always doing fantastic. It's one of the great things of having the chance to work with you. I love working with you too, Bilal. Why don't we go into some news in uh, the NFL this week? Joe Theismann, who is, of course, the legendary Washington quarterback, tweeted recently that November is a lousy month for Washington quarterbacks. And, of course, this is him talking about not only his injury in November, which was a very, very terrible leg injury, but also Alex Smith's leg injury, which also happened to be in November, and now Kyle Allen's injury which was a, uh, I believe, dislocated ankle or broken ankle that happened in this past game. And, of course, it's November. So, uh, yeah, watch out, Washington quarterbacks. Unfortunate for him. uh, Unfortunate for them, sorry. November has just started. I mean, we've still got two or three more games to play in this month. So, um, if the Washington football team can make it out of here, with a pretty healthy roster, I think they can take that as a win, no matter whatever their record is at the end of the month. But you mentioned Alex Smith, uh, Alex Smith's injury, and those of us who follow the game have been following his recovery and his journey. He's back. He's going to be starting this week because of Kyle Allen's injury, and it's going to be nice to see him get to play in a full game for once. We've seen him come in for a few times due to injury, but uh, it'd be nice to see him back on the field full-time, at least for one game. Yeah, in uh, in this past game, he was able to throw his first touchdown pass since returning, so it was definitely a, a wonderful moment for Alex Smith. Speaking of players who are back, Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers has returned, but things didn't quite go the way he thought they would. A uh, shoulder injury is going to keep him week to week. He's not expected to play in this next week's game against Tampa Bay. It's a AC joint issue, but they're, they're hoping it's not going to be season ending for him. I mean, it came at a really unfortunate situation too for the him and the team, because there's only a minute left, roughly a minute left in the game when he got tackled after only making a one-yard catch, I mean, you can get hurt on any play, but that of any type of play to get hurt on, that just has to be, like, the worst possible situation. And, I mean, he just came back after his previous injury, and then he had never missed a game in his whole career, though. I mean, imagine that. You come into this first three years in the NFL, and then you don't miss a game, and then you – have all these injuries in this one year. It's got to be devastating for him, but uh, wish him well and can't wait to see him back on the field because the Panthers need him. Three and six, and uh, they're preparing to play the Bucks this week. So, And, you know, the Bucks are becoming out here. We'll get into all these different scenarios later on, but just uh, you never want to see a guy get hurt and someone who's as good as he is. And uh, something that we've – Basically made an, 
a permanent aspect of our show here is to discuss the ongoing COVID situation because it is inescapable. You and I are both still at home. We have no plans to be ever be, to be back in the studio anytime soon. So the COVID has struck the Pittsburgh Steelers, Trenton, the mighty Steelers, the undefeated Steelers. Yeah. Uh, wow. Ben Roethlisberger can't catch a break after getting drilled in the, the last game and having both of his knees injured. Now he is one of the four players on the reserve COVID-19 list. He was placed on there with three others on Tuesday morning. It is him, offensive lineman Gerald Hawkins, running back Jalen Samuels, and linebacker Vince Williams. So the four of them will be isolated for five days and not permitted to go to their practice facility. So, um, you know, it's good. Good to be cautious about it. Um, they are going to be taking place in, they are going to take part, I should say, in virtual meetings. Uh, I should also mention that even though they are on the reserve COVID-19 list, it does not mean that they have tested positive. It just means that they might have been deemed close contacts of someone who has. I mean, you just mentioned Roethlisberger can't catch a break. I mean, the guy's probably one of the toughest players to in my memory or in my view, the two I've ever really played the game, the guy plays through everything and those knee injuries that he suffered last week were pretty devastating, but he still continued to play the game and performed, performed pretty well. Um, again, yeah, it's all part of the protocols though, Trenton. You got to put, you got to be on the, uh, you got to be quarantined for five days and see if you're, test positive or negative or again these guys aren't they're not going to tell us obviously if they were testing positive it usually comes out some other form that you find out who's positive who's negative but uh, I think they'll be pretty good much to go if they're all cleared so be another storyline to watch as we have been this whole time and speaking of just following the rules and protocols and everything this came out after we had already um, published our show last week. So we didn't get a chance to talk about this, but the Las Vegas Raiders are actually going to lose a draft pick. And John Gruden has been fined due to repeated violations of the COVID-19 protocol set by the league. And I actually think this is a, a very strong message that the league is sending that if you want to play, you have to follow the rules. And I don't, I don't care who you are. You're the owner of the team. You are a player. You're a coach. You're the, I don't know, the janitor. Nothing against janitors. But it's just saying no matter who you are, it, you have to follow the rules. And the Raiders are going to be fined $500,000, and John Gruden is being fined $150,000, and they're losing their sixth-round draft pick just for no reason this could have all been prevented but it's a sign to other teams that get in line because we're not afraid to take action yeah and the the raiders have now been penalized a total of 1.2 million dollars for coronavirus related infractions so this is you know the them losing a draft pick was basically the the last resort so to speak and the draft pick that they're losing 
is, like I mentioned, it's going to be a sixth-round draft pick, but they have two of them, which was one – they got one from Washington before. And so whatever pick is ranked higher is the pick that they will be losing. So you don't know. I mean, who knows? I mean, I get it. It's a sixth-round pick. They're maybe not that concerned, but Tom Brady came in the sixth round. So you never know where you're going to find – and draft picks are just so valuable just in general as capital – to use to either in a trade situation or using to find a player. And the Raiders have done pretty well in the draft in recent years. So just to lose a pick, it's more of the message that they're trying to send, though, is what I'm getting at is get in line, get your act together, guys. You guys are professional athletes. People look up to you. Follow the rules. And that's all there is to that. I think you uh, you put it perfectly. In other news, Akib Talib will be making his broadcasting debut on Fox alongside play-by-play announcer Brandon Godin for the Washington-Detroit game. So good for Akib Talib to be uh, going and you know joining him in the booth, just providing analysis. Uh, I know Akeem Talib likes to talk, so. Uh. <laughs> yeah, he, he, Daddy does. I mean, it's a good, good game for him too. Like the Washington Detroit game, the stakes aren't even that high. It's not like an America's game of the week or some really, or it's not like the Bucks Saints game that just happened or something like of that level. It's the Washington Detroit game. I mean, not many people honestly are going to be caring enough. Not many people are going to be tuning in unless they have a vested interest, unless they are fans of Washington and Detroit. Both these two teams aren't the greatest teams. And I don't know, I just feel like that's the, it's a good game for someone who's getting into this whole broadcasting um, career. Just starting slow before you have to get into a game that really the stakes are really high. Yeah, it's a very good point. All right, moving on. The NFL owners have approved a new proposal that will reward teams for developing minority coaches and front office executives uh, that become head coaches and GMs elsewhere in the league. Uh, Specifically, uh, the NFL will reward teams with two third round picks if they lose one person to a head coach job or GM job with another club with another club or three picks if they lose one to both jobs. So just another um another addition to how the NFL just wants to increase diversity in uh in the ranks of coaching and front offices. I mean incentives are by design there to get people to do something so it's a good it's a good move by the league um to start but no way by no means it's the end you'd love to see the league be in a place maybe 10 10 years down the road where there a lot more uh minority coaches or gms or just people in general in places of power without having to put forth these different in- incentives i mean incentives are good they're going to get people to do it and maybe um maybe it'll spark something from there like a more like organic reaction to things but 
good on the league to start it because this has been a criticism of the league for a very long time. Like they have not been um, just hiring people, uh, my, my minority people for a long for a while now. So it's like it's very hard for them compared to uh, just a regular white guy, white old white man is what the prototype has been for a long time, which is now shifted to young white man in a way with a McVeigh or a, a Nagy or a, or oh, who's the, who's the guy in Arizona? Uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury or uh, Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. Just if it's shifted from old white man to young white man. So just got to keep diversifying. That's how, it's how you expand the league, it's how you reach more people, it's how you grow your fan base. Yeah, that's uh, another very good point, Bilal. I'm just rolling uh, right now. You are. You are absolutely rolling. All right, uh, let's keep it going then. Uh, the owners in the NFL also approved a plan to expand the playoffs from 14 to 16 games if meaningful games are canceled during the season and they can't play them. So as of right now, the NFL has three plans for – how the season can proceed. Plan A is to play as normal and only have 14 teams in the playoff. Plan B is to add an 18th week at the end of the season to finish up any games that have been delayed and they will still only have 14 teams. But the new approved plan is for plan C in which if there are games that matter for playoff eligibility or seeding that cannot be played, then they'll bring in two more teams into the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, the NFL, I think, has a, a pretty solid grasp on what they want to do. Exactly. Uh, it's, a good, it's a good plan, um, especially how we're getting more and more into the season. A lot of teams have already had their bye week, and what they've done in the past is, at least with the, uh, the Titans, the Steelers, and the Jets, Chargers, something, teams along those natures, they, what they've done is they've basically moved around the bye weeks, reorganized the schedule. But if you don't have, if you've already had your bye week, you there's no bye week left to uh, to to move around. And the COVID's not going anywhere anytime soon. So, like we just discussed with the Steelers and the Raiders, um, and it's gonna be colder coming up soon. Like more people are gonna COVID's just naturally going to get worse during this time of year and we're not doctors or anything, but it's just a fact. Um, so just having these contingency plans in place for the league is um, it's a smart move and it's something that they probably should have already had ready to go because we saw what happened in, in baseball with games getting canceled and having moved things around. It's just a whole logistical nightmare. So if you have this plan ready to go, it puts everyone's mind at ease. And no team gets cheated out of the playoffs, who so probably should have made it, but they couldn't because they didn't have enough games to play. All right. And with that, we come to our last bit of news in which Patrick Mahomes, of course, made NFL history. Again, he became the fastest player to reach 100 career touchdowns. Uh, he did it in 40 games, breaking Dan Marino's record, which was – 44 games. So uh, in case you <laughs> in case you already didn't realize, Patrick Mahomes might be 
a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. Really, Triton? I didn't know. I mean, the guy's only won an MVP, and he's only won a Super Bowl. He's only in his fourth year playing. I don't know. I couldn't, uh, couldn't tell. Uh, no, but it, it's, it's nice to see the success he's had. And, again, people think that this would have happened if he went to a team like the Bears. There's no guarantee that would have happened. Like, he was not this star quarterback in college. He came to Kansas City and he worked with Andy Reid. And Andy Reid – okay, I dropped my pen. Um, he came to Kansas City and worked with Andy Reid. I mean, Mahomes has the talent, but Andy Reid – is the one who's able to get that talent out of him in the best possible way. And it's just uh, – he's going to be making – he's going to be breaking records for the rest of his career. So it's just uh, time for us to sit back and relax and watch the show. All right, moving on. Um, so NFL Network's analytic expert, Cynthia Freeland, has projected uh, the final NFL win totals. Considering that we are at midseason, it seems an appropriate point to look at the look at the analytics and see where uh, where each team's going to end up. Moving on from from here, um, one of the things she does is she uses a bunch of different models mo- models to uh, help uh, help with her analysis. And a lot of the times they're right, but some football is a game where numbers. Prior numbers don't always work because it's a game of it's a game of inches. And let's just uh, go through some of these. So the AFC, she has the Kansas City Chiefs with thirteen point three wins. Currently, the Chiefs are sitting at eight and one, and she's projecting them to win an additional five point three games. And uh, she's projecting the Steelers to win an additional 5.2 games adding to their current record of 8-0, bringing them to 13.2 total wins. The Ravens are projected to have 12 wins, 12 flat wins. With a current record of 6-2, they're going to be projected to win six more games. The Bills are projected 11.1 games, adding 4.1 wins to their 7-2 record. And the Titans are projected to win 10.4 games. Current record, 6-2. and two Additional wins, 4.4. And I think uh, we'll leave it at that for the AFC right now. We'll, if anything else surprises us later on, we'll talk about it. But let's just look at the AFC right now before we dig into the NFC. Obviously, got decimal points because numbers, analytics, it comes in statistics all comes down to decimal points but we all know that that's not how the records are formed but for this for this discussion it doesn't matter so give it take it away Trenton yeah um I think it's it makes sense for sure um they have the Chiefs on top they have the Steelers just uh just below them or maybe even on on their level it's uh so interesting, especially with Ben Roethlisberger's. You know his his knees are no longer all right, um, and you you hope that that doesn't cut into their uh, record going down the line in 
you know, you'd hope he'd, he'd take care of those knees going down the stretch. It's getting colder. It's getting older. Getting kind of stiff. Protect the knees. <laughs> I think the Steelers are going to be the first team to actually clinch a playoff spot. Don't know what record that might be. That could be 10. It could be 11 wins. But that, that's going to be the first. Uh, they're going to be the first team to clinch a playoff spot. And um, interesting thing is that last with this 8-0 record, Mike Tomlin has never had a losing record in his entire career as an NFL head coach in the past 14 seasons. So the Steelers have either been an 8-8 eight and eight or, or above for 14 years in a row, which is remarkable, honestly. And then I've never seen or heard of a coach being in that type of position. But, uh, I mean, these top teams are all where you ex- all what you would expect right now. I mean, some team has to really um, – drop off to to not end up where they are right now. I mean, the Chiefs are projected the their division champs. Steelers are projected as division champs. Raider, Ravens are projected a wild card spot. Bills, their division champs, taking it away from the Patriots after who knows how many years they've been the champions. Titans are the winners of their division. So this is seems about right. Every every team has to stay the course that they're at right now to uh, end up like this, but uh, it's interesting. Uh, let's move down the NFC. In the NFC, the uh, who the Packers are currently six and two, uh, projected to win five point six more games, bringing them to eleven and eleven point six total wins, um, which is would give them the NFC North championship. Um, the Seahawks are projected to win their NFC West with their current record of six and two. They're projected to win 5.2 games, giving them 11.2 wins. Saints are projected to win their division with 11.1 games uh, total, adding to their six and two record. They're going to be putting on another 5.1 games and the Bucks are projected to win 4.6 more games, adding to their 6-3 and three record, giving them 10.6 wins. It's a lot of numbers they're trying, but uh, again, nothing's really too surprising. Um, the the Saints, it's going to, I mean, the Saints and the Bucks can flip because in terms of who wins the division, both teams are making the playoffs for sure, but uh, it's just going to be interesting to see who gets that first playoff win. I would not like the uh, Packers to win the division, but uh, obviously the way they're playing right now looks like they're on that track, but anything can still happen. That's why I said at the beginning, analytics are a bunch of numbers, which are good. You need them, but a lot of things can happen. A lot of different variables take place in the game that you can't um, can't predict. Can't foresee. One thing I want to mention, though, she gave the Jets a win. She gave them a win. They're currently zero and nine. They're currently zero and nine, and she's saying they're going to win one point seven more games, given their win total to one point seven. That's uh. They could even get two wins if you round up. That's a bold statement. the Jets. 
we're going to get into the Jets later too. <laughs> Is there any win total here that surprises you? Um, honestly, I'm kind of surprised they have the the Packers on top in the NFC. Um, but both, I think, the Packers and the Bucks surprised me because both of them had one performance this season so far in which they just looked absolutely terrible. Um, the Packers one was actually against the Bucks, wasn't it? I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Packers back. lost against the Bucks. They lost, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how things go. But um, I think the NFC is definitely a little more highly contested up there at the top than uh, the AFC was. Benefit of having one additional playoff spot in general, not even including a possible additional because uh, no, in. Another additional, I don't know if that's the right phrasing to put in, but just because of COVID, they could have, like you mentioned, but like they have a permanent 14th spot in uh, each conference. No, I mean total. All right. Um, moving to power rankings, NFL.com power rankings. We don't have to spend too much time on this because we have already discussed um, positioning our teams and wins. Well, like a lot of the, it pretty much matches up with what uh, we just went through with the, the end of year projections for the teams. Uh, the Chiefs are number one, ranked still number one, remain number one, and uh, Steelers are staying steady at number two. Saints moved up three spots to number number three. They were previously at number six. Uh, the Ravens moved up one spot to number four, previously five. Packers moved up two spots from number seven to number five. The Bills moved up six spot, moved up two spots to number six, previously number eight. The Bucks took a big drop, um, which probably was expected based on how bad they played. Uh, they went down four spots from number three to number seven. The Seahawks dropped four spots from number four to number eight. The Titans dropped. No, they didn't. They went up two spots from 11 to nine. And the Raiders went up. I must have dropped again. The Raiders went up three spots from 13 to 10. So that's your top 10. Anything? Anything out of the ordinary? Really seems pretty much, for the most part, it's stayed the same. No team has made a significant jump. Even if they, even if they drop, they don't drop too far out of the, too far out, or even out of the top ten. Like this, this top ten has stayed pretty steady. Yeah, honestly, um, I feel like at this point in the season, everybody in the top ten is playing against each other and just flip flopping the rankings with each yeah. other. <laughs> exactly. I mean. Uh, Looking at some other teams that may have had some big moves. The Colts dropped five spots. They were in the top ten. They were number nine last week. Now they have dropped to number 14. Um, the, the Vikings moved up four spots to number 16, previously at number 20. Interesting thing is with this 
how this ranking is, it's not like they're not ranking it based off of the records. They're ranking it based off of just the overall teams on a week by week basis. Because if you look at it, they're teams with um, worse records who are ranked better than teams that are have some better records. And um, but there is always one constant in this whole situation. Again, this whole bottom half from like 25, 26, 27, well, 28 and 29 are different, but usually the bottom half and the first half of the rankings are the same. And when you come all the way down to the end, you still have a number 32, the New York Jets at 0 and 9. So uh, that's pretty much, I mean, there's not much to expect out of these. We've become accustomed to just seeing a few jumps here and there in different ups and downs. But uh, and the Bears are still at number seventeen. They dropped two spots, previously fifteen, and now they're seventeen. I mean, they're still five and four record. Knowing me, I'm always going to be the optimist of the group here, and there's still time. That's all I'm going to say. We'll get into that in a bit. And let's get into some games. What do you think? Yeah. For sure. Uh, why don't we go into what was supposed to be one of the biggest matchups of the week that quickly turned not so great for the Bucks. We're going to go into Bucks at Saints. Uh, final when did you score. start watching the game? First question. <laughs> when did you stop watching the game? I actually watched the entire thing. From, Good uh, for you. I uh, I probably stopped watching five minutes left in the fourth quarter. This game wasn't going anywhere, so like, let's I, get to sleep. I I just enjoyed Brady getting uh, very very beaten. It was Saints thirty eight, Bucks three. It is the first time in his career Brady has been swept by a divisional opponent. It is the worst loss of Brady's career. Brady now has seven interceptions on the season. Five of them are against the Saints. And uh, at the very end of the game, we were treated to Jameis Winston eating another W, but this time less awkwardly. And actually on the winning team for once, because the first time that he did it was as a buck going against the Saints. So he couldn't. And no matter what you say, it's still going to be awkward. Like just that (laughs) motion of that hand when he's trying to eat. Again, he was on the right side this time. I think last time he did that, he was playing against the Saints too, and they just. I mean, James Winston as a starting quarterback doesn't really doesn't really work out well, but uh, it might one day. But as of now, it doesn't. But, yeah, worst loss of Brady's career. And this guy's been around since before I was born. He's been he – was, I was born halfway through the, his rookie year, even though he didn't play the rookie year um, still. Yeah, it's um, not a good look for him in this game. And uh, the Bucks broke the record for at least rushing attempts in a game with only five for nine yards, one of which – was uh, actually a kneel down at the game um, by Blaine Gabbert. So, uh, man, could have been four. Well, I feel bad for the Panthers now because 
of just a humiliating loss by that you know that the Bucks are going to come out and uh, and really come out in full force right here. They're not going to let that uh, not going to let that hang around for a long time. They're just going to come out and the Tom Brady destroying the tablets this time though. I'd like to know. I I don't know. I mean that you got to check on the Microsoft service supply here. If they got some cracked <laughs> tablets, because uh, oof, that guy can. I do not want to be around Tom Brady if he's ever angry. Oh no, he is absolutely miserable. I mean, his guys have expected it from him, though. So what do you, what do you, uh, what do you expect? What do you... Yeah, and you know the the fascinating thing is even though he lost so terribly at the end of the game, he shook hands with Drew Brees. Who did he not shake hands with after he lost with Nick Foles? Uh, I wonder why. I wonder why. <laughs> I mean, we're not saying Nick Foles is this huge, great quarterback, which uh, we'll get into in a moment, but still, still got to shake hands with the guy. Come on. That that just messes up the whole. If there was any game that he should have just ran off the field off right now, it should have been this one. But uh, again, it happened. Game was not fun to watch though, especially how I picked the Bucks to win the game. Oh, along yeah. with the along with the entire Sunday Night Football crew. Yeah, I picked the Saints. Good for you, Trent. I'm still behind you in the records, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we'll dissect continuing that. Continuing on, yeah. Continuing on, let's go on to uh, Dolphins at Cardinals, which was a very, very close game with very similar offensive performances. Two uh, two quarterbacks who can both run. Pretty well. And throw the ball pretty well. I mean, Tua, Tua's been a surprise. Like, you, we all were like, why are you putting Tua in for Ryan Fitzpatrick? But uh, apparently, he showed us, he's showing us all that he can play. And Tua's 2 0. No. Exactly. I mean, as long as he can play, let him play. Yeah. Um... Like you said, you're watching like mirror, mirror versions of the teams, so at least on offense. Because Murray can run, Tua can run. They both got himself out of tough situations. They both can throw the ball down the field pretty well. I mean, the game honestly came down to a missed field goal attempt. That's what it came down to. (laughs) Oh, man. You got to feel for the Cardinals. I mean, they they did everything right. Kyler Murray did everything right. Um he threw for three touchdowns, no interceptions, only missed five passes, 283 yards passing, 11 carries. I believe this was his first 100-yard uh, rushing game of his career. I think so. But, um, man, it's just this is just some things you can't control. Uh, their first drive ended in a – in a fumble uh, in which Kyler Murray was, was strip sacked and uh, Miami 
returned it for a touchdown. And then, like you mentioned before, all the way at the end of the game, the missed field goal, you just, you know, that's just one you have to, you got to sigh and continue on from. So, I mean, it literally just fell short. Like, if he kicked it hard enough, they would have made it in. They would have been overtime. Um, it's going to be exciting to see these two players. I mean, it would have made be more fun if uh, they were in the same division or they were in the same conference. But uh, the it's the future of the league. The Mahomes, the Tua, the Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Ah, I can't even say his name. Kyler Murray. Lamar Jackson. It's it's the future. I mean, Russell Wilson is the one who started this. Mm-hmm. He's like kind of become the older man in the group. But he led the path for these guys. And if you want to go even farther back, it was more of a Michael Vick who started these for him and just bringing it down the way. But you've just seen the evolution from a guy all the way like Michael Vick all the way down to the guys like the new guys like Tua and um, Murray. And uh, it's going to be just fun to watch. Nothing else to say about it. Speaking of another game that was fun to watch, this one, surprisingly so, was uh, Patriots at Jets. And I believe last week, all the way at the very end of the episode, I said, if uh, Bill Belichick loses to the, to the Jets, he might retire then and there. And, man, he almost did. Yeah. Um, that game was something. Came down, came down to a field goal again. I mean, probably should have never been that close considering how the Jets are were 0-8. But the Jets hang, hung in there for a while. I mean, Joe Flacco was able to throw. He had some nice passes, too. There was also there was one in the corner of the end zone that initially was ruled um, incomplete, but it comes back to be ruled a touchdown. And then he, he throws the ball. He throws deep, and he – can connect, but at the same time, he does make foolish errors and throws interceptions. And the Jets cannot, could not put anything together in the fourth quarter. And when you're trying to close out a game against a division opponent, you got to be able to do something. And they just couldn't, they couldn't do anything. Yeah. Um, the Honestly, the, the Patriots are just... They're, they're suffering from a lack of of weapons on offense. I mean, they have they have Cam Newton, and uh, they have Cam Newton. <laughs> yeah, but he's not even that reliable at times. Yeah, um, all of the Patriots wide receivers in this game, I think, were all undrafted players, which is crazy to think about. <laughs> they're just. There's nobody on this team that's left. Bill Belichick's literally working with like a skeleton crew right now. And uh, he did bring up how uh, you mentioned retiring then and there. He brought up a story later on in the week how resigning from the Jets was probably the best decision he's made in his entire career. So, hey, that's one way to mention it after uh, literally beating them up at the last second. Yeah, yeah. Oh, One for certain, the Patriots are not the Patriots of the past, and a big part of that is 
because they don't have Tom Brady, but uh, still a chance of Trenton. Still sitting at three and five. The AFC is not that competitive as always. And there's a chance for a wild card spot. There's still a chance for a wild card spot because yeah. they're not winning the division. That's going to the Bills, but uh, the wild card is still open. If they keep losing, then yeah, it's done, but live on for another week. Whew. Speaking of moving on to another week, it's the third week in a row that the Bears have lost a game. And I don't know, man. I It's sad. It hurts every time. Kind of hurts even more this time because every game, though, you're, we're in it till the end. It's not as if we... It's not as if we are just out uh, out of it. We're we're in it. Um, we were outgaining the Titans by in yard in total yardage for most of the game, and we maybe I don't even, I don't remember the end stats, but I think we may have ended up gaining more yards than them at the end of the game. But it's the offense, man. The offense cannot. Produce and when they produce, it's too late to produce to for anything to matter. Uh, the The hardest part was the fumble by Montgomery. If that didn't happen, and then he scored on that too, they they scored. If that didn't happen, the game would have been a much better situation. I mean, the closest game was the Saints. I mean, it's nice that we from two weeks ago we were really close to hugging there, but we just lost at the end of overtime. And this one was. You would have thought something would have gotten much better, especially you would have taken whatever momentum was in that game, you would have brought it over to this. But again, the offense just um, spurred out of control. We couldn't really get the running game going. Nick Foles missed on throws that he probably should have made. And Nick Foles cannot run. That is what I am. That's That's what I'm disappointed at is that the guy has so much open space in front of him most of the time because the defense knows he's not gonna he's not a threat. So they, they just let him be there. And then they bring the pass rush and then he gets sacked and it's like why? Throw the ball away, do something, don't take the sack. Three weeks in a row we've been saying the same thing and hopefully next week is a different result. Because I don't know how many times I can keep repeating the same thing because there's not it's not like it changes every week. It's it's the same. I mean, uh, yeah, the the Bears scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. Um, until until then, they had not scored at all. So it's it's frustrating because you know, I mean, you know, the Bears are ca- capable of putting up points, but you can't just go the entire game, the first three quarters, not doing anything on offense except gaining yards and not scoring at all. And then in the fourth quarter, you're like, oh, hey, let's let's score now. <laughs> it's too late. I mean, you need points. I mean, the game was not out of hand. It would have been much better if we did not fumble that away. Then we could have potentially tied the game or even won the game. And I don't care how we win. I just need wins here. Like, we just need to keep building that record up. And 
I it doesn't hurt. It doesn't help that half the offensive line was on the COVID list, though. So you're bringing people who really. Um, I mean, they did, their, they, they did their best. What else can you ask of them? They don't get to practice with each other. Then they get thrown into an NFL game. I, I honestly, I wouldn't be able to handle it, but I'm not an NFL lineman. But just understanding their mindset, it's hard. And I just got to hope for better results. That's all I can say. Which uh, the game's on Monday night this week, so it's an additional day off. So. Hopefully that helps out in some way. Much better than the last time we were on Monday night. And the game is at home, too, so home field. Home field without the fans. <laughs> well, we have the weather. Oh, and that's play. great, too. And the Vikings play indoors. So I'll take any type of advantage I can come up with. The wind, the cold. And we did, we don't, Matt Nagy has never lost to the Vikings as a head coach. He's only lost to the Packers as in the division as a head coach. So I think we, our track record is pretty good against them. Again, a win, a win gets you to six wins. Six and four going to your bye week. And I think our bye week's in a pretty decent position right now. And it allows people to get um, – Healthy. We could even bring back a guy like Trubisky, dare I say it. Because Nick Foles can't – I mean, Nick Foles has played five, six games already, and he's been all right. I mean, if we were to put Trubisky back in, maybe the time on the bench would have done something to him mentally. Been like, hey, I've been on the other side of things now. I want I, I know I can come back and I can be successful. And he he just has more – uh, talent compared to Foles, he just has to apply it, and he numbers statistically the numbers have been better with him in the game. So, especially with the run game, yeah, because in there, yeah, because he can run. Yeah, like they know that um, they know Nick Foles can't run, so they're just gonna so stare at the try? running back. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Um, we'll see. All right, uh, this is my favorite part of the show, Trenton. <laughs> I let's wonder why. Game. Let's pick some games. <laughs> Last week I went 10-4 uh, on my picks and added to my season record of 91-41-1. and one. A lot of ones in there this time. Um, and how would you – how did you do, Trenton? <laughs> you're you're always gonna have me say it, aren't you? Uh, I went nine and five, so hooray for a winning record. I'm only one below you, but I'm still far behind you in the season overall. I am seventy-seven, fifty-five, and one. Hey, if the Jets are projected to win at least a game, then you can make a comeback. <laughs> I mean, uh, right now you're. Your season overall record is kind of steamrolling me, like uh, Philip Rivers got steamrolled in, in the past game trying to make a tackle. But I was waiting to see how you were going to incorporate that into the into the show. <laughs> I mean, few a uh, few episodes ago, I used the example of DK Metcalf trying to chase Buda Baker and catching up to him. So, you know, I guess uh, 
every week I'll have something something interesting for this segment. All right, cool. Um, let's get right into it. Colts or Titans? I'm going to go Titans. Yeah, see, I struggle with this one. I like both teams, but uh, it's a home game for the Titans. Let's give it to the Titans. Uh, Eagles at Giants. I'm going to go Eagles. Yeah, same here. Um, can't really trust the Giants in this moment. It's, it's a tough situation in New York in general right now, both teams. Um, Jaguars at the Packers. Uh, Packers have this one, I think. Yeah, same here. I'm going with the uh, Packers. I mean, who knows? The Jaguars could come away with it, but very unlikely. Uh, I mean, yeah, very unlikely at all. I mean, the Vikings did beat the Packers at home when they were only winning two games, but Jaguars... Jaguars have... One well, win? Yeah. Are they Are they going to have Minshew in this, or are they going to start the rookie again? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know either. Either way, if it's not going to affect the game. Yeah. Uh, Washington at the Lions. I'm going to go with Lions and hope for Adrian Peterson's revenge game. I'm going with Washington. I think Alex Smith comes in and gets a win. Uh, the Texans are the Browns. Texans in general are a mess. Yeah. They are uh... – Wow. From one season, they're a playoff contender to now they're two and six. It's wild, but I'm going to go Browns here. I'm going with the Browns as well. Tom Brady's Buccaneers versus Teddy Bridgewater's Panthers. I'm going to go Panthers here. Two, two weeks in a row. You're going <laughs> to you're going to pick the Bucks to lose. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm going to tempt fate here. Pretty bold. I you know, the Bucks trying. I can't pick against. Uh, <laughs> can't pick against Tom Brady. Um, Chargers at Dolphins. Wow, two rookie quarterbacks again. Uh, one is go... significantly better than the other as of now. Actually, no, not significantly. One, they both played well. Yeah, one just had results. The other has lost every game by one possession. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a that's a wonderful way to put it, below I'm gonna go Dolphins here. <laughs> yeah, Dolphins. Uh, Broncos at the Raiders. Ooh, I'm gonna go Broncos here. Wow, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> go on it's the Raiders, Trent. It's a rough choice. Gone with the Raiders. <laughs> Who's the best, better overall team right now? I mean, it's going to be the Raiders, I think, but the Broncos have had some interesting ones. That is true. That is true. The Bills at the Cardinals. Ooh, this is going to be a pretty close game, I think, but I'm going to give this one to the Cardinals. I'm taking the Bills to win this one. The uh, 49ers at the Saints. Going to go Saints. Saints. Not really much to add because they're what type of 49ers team are you even looking at right now? Yeah, it's been an up and down season for them. Mainly, mainly on the down though. Yeah, mainly, mainly on the down side. Yeah, for sure. Seahawks at Rams. Ooh, this is a 
This is a divisional game. Gonna go Seahawks here. Same. Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Anything else to say? No. No. <laughs> Bengals and Steelers. <laughs> Gotta go Steelers here. Um, although if they don't get Ben Roethlisberger back from the reserve list, this is going to be an interesting game. Yeah, I'm going with the Steelers, but he, you think about this though. Usually, the team that ends up knocking off an undefeated team happens to be like a team that is always ranked that is already is ranked so far to the bottom, and they just pull out a huge upset. So it would not surprise me if the Bengals win, but the likelihood that they win is pretty low. So Steelers, it is. Uh, Ravens at the Patriots. Oh man, um, I'm gonna go Patriots here. Same here, actually. Same. Really? Uh, I didn't. I don't know why I'm going with the Patriots, honestly, but uh, something about that last game just makes me feel like Patriots could win this game. Yeah, and, the Ravens. Uh, Ravens' offense has been a little bit, a uh, little bit shaky. It has. Um, I think uh, I saw a headline the other day saying where Lamar Jackson was basically mentioning how opposing defenses were able to, like, call out their plays. Oh, yeah. I didn't read too much into it, but, uh, like, I didn't read the article, but I saw the headline. Um, But just just that headline catches your attention. I mean, they're good, but they're they're not what they were last year. And uh, for some reason, my gut's telling me to pick the Patriots. That's what I'm going with. Closing out the Monday Night Football game, the Vikings at the Bears. Oh, I'm going to have to go with the Bears here. They, I oh, think that's they... Choice. They're in Trenton. <laughs> I mean, if Nick Foles is quarterbacking this team, I... Uh, you got a point. <laughs> no, but I'm taking the, I'm taking the Bears. So, I mean, uh, Kirk Cousins... He's he's a turnover machine at times. Not that Nick Foles isn't as well, but uh, and the Bears can stop the run. They've shown that they've stopped Alvin Cook last season. They stopped Derrick uh-huh. Henry last week. So it's yeah, it's just oh man. Well, I think this is just the type of game the Bears need right now. Just a Monday night game, an extra week, no, an extra day to practice. Then you go into the bye week, and then you come out on Thanksgiving weekend to play the Packers. I just think this is like if you win this game and go six and four into the bye week, it just makes you feel much better than going in five and five. Like five and five, you start to panic in a bit after losing three games in a row. Like, yeah, five and five is not where you want to be. Six and four just makes you feel better. Going in the bye week, recharge, get healthy, come out to play the Packers next week. So. Uh, this is this is a big game right here. I mean, still a lot of games to go in this season, but this is this is a big one. So hopefully it ends up fine. Nothing to worry about. Hopefully. All right. So uh, that that's it, right? You anything yeah. else to add? That is all we have for this week. So thank you for listening to the Bad Places podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode. Hope you have a great rest of the week. Don't forget to follow us at BillMalik15 and Trent underscore Cito. Please stay safe. Wear a mask.
and don't be the Raiders.